Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I am so excited that you are here listening or watching if you're over on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube and you're on one of the other platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play and you would rather watch this episode, go ahead and head over to YouTube. Just type in my name in the search bar and I should pop up. So today's episode is going to get really deep. (laughs) So a couple of episodes ago, I shared my thoughts on why freelancing might not be for you. And one of the things that I said in that episode was that it might not be for you if you're not very good with money and you don't really make smart financial decisions. Now, last week on the show, Melody Johnson, a financial coach, she joined me and she kind of echoed a lot of those sentiments and shared some tips for freelancers and small business owners looking to make smarter financial decisions and, you know, get a good focus and get a good handle on their finances. So I thought in today's episode, I would kind of round out that topic by sharing my tips and advice for you know, what that really means for me. I talk a lot about save as much money as you can. Well, how do you do that? What does that mean? And what exactly is a smart financial decision? And how do I make those? And what if I'm not naturally very good and very smart with money? So I want to kind of peel back some of those layers and share my tips and the things that really helped me when I decided that I was ready to go full-time with my business. Of course, this episode is aimed towards freelancers, but I think that this one is going to be pretty helpful for everyone around the board. We all have to deal with money in some way. So if you're a YouTube viewer who is here for other things, feel free to stick around. You might enjoy this one too. Now, before we get too deep into the episode, I want to thank today's sponsor. As you probably know, I actually do not really take sponsors for this show very often. I actually never have. So today I'm going to be sponsoring my own show. There's two great ways to help show your support for the show. Number one, and the easiest and freest way is by sharing this episode and reviewing it on iTunes. So if you want to take a second to share, screenshot, you know, share it in your Instagram stories and leave me a review, hopefully five stars if you're enjoying the show, that is amazing and I appreciate you so much. Now, the next way that you can help out the show is by using my affiliate links. And I want to share one of my affiliate links with you guys today that's super relevant to today's episode and is a product that I absolutely am obsessed with. So QuickBooks Self-Employed is a tool that I've been using, I want to say for the past two or three years, I can't remember, maybe like two and a half years. And it's what I use to help me keep track of my business finances. This is a must have when it comes to tax time for me. I just use the little app. I swipe left and right and categorize my business and personal expenses. It even lets me know what I should expect as far as taxes and helps me pay my quarterly taxes. So it's really an invaluable tool. And I actually have a code or a link for you guys rather. So open up the show notes or the description box if you're on YouTube to check out that link. It's actually going to get you 50% off your membership and it will, like I said, give me a little bit of support in return. Again, that's a super easy way to help out the show. I use that referral income to support the show, to improve the show, to be able to create more shows and more videos for you guys. So I really do appreciate it. And like I said, it's a seriously great product. I would recommend it even for free. So be sure to open up the show notes and the description box to redeem your 50% off code for QuickBooks, self-employed. 
So let's get into the episode. I got some notes. I got a lot to share with you guys today. One of the first things that I did when I decided I was ready to go full-time in my business and I was ready to kind of go on this financial, you know, gut check, if you will, I guess that's what I'll call it for the sake of this episode, was I started to get serious about paying down my debt. Now, I don't have a ton of debt. At one point, I had quite a bit of credit card debt. I was young and dumb and also very poor. Like, let's just be honest. Sometimes you need credit cards to survive. And so by the time I was ready to go full-time in my business, I had some credit card debt, but it wasn't astronomical. However, I did have student loan debt. I still have student loan debt at a car payment. Not very much. I've always been pretty frugal. I bought like a, I think my car was only about $16,000 and I put down quite a bit on that car. So my car payments were really low monthly. They're only like 150. I want to say they're really low because I put down such a big um, down payment, but I knew that I didn't want to have a $150 payment every single month for, you know, two more years or however long that I had left on my car loan. So one of the things that I really tried to do was just put forth as much extra on those types of things as I could that so that it would lower my payments every month and or at least shorten the duration of me having to pay that. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> uh, so I mean, when I was side hustling, I would put forth sometimes entire invoices towards my car payment. I would put down a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. I remember one month they made a three thousand dollar car payment, and that kind of sucked <laughs> when I was doing it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm putting so much money away, uh, throwing it away, but you're not throwing it away. What it did was it made it really, really easy and quick for me to pay off that car. So when I finally did go full, full time with my business, I wasn't having to factor in a car payment in addition to all of the other things that we have to worry about when we are full-time freelancers. So, you know, this is something, like I said, do I expect everyone to be able to completely pay off their debt before they go full-time? Heck no, I didn't. I still have a little bit of debt. I still have student loan debt. I still have a little bit of credit card debt. I still have things that I'm paying on. But if you can condense it, if you can pay a lot of it down, it's going to make your life so much easier. So that you really only have to focus on kind of the essential things and you're not stressing out. Because when I sat down and I wrote down everything that I was paying every month, I was pretty shocked. I was pretty shocked by, you know, the little things add up. So I might have a couple of different credit cards and their minimum payments are all 25 bucks or 35 bucks or whatever it is that adds up. I mean, think about five of those alone. That is a lot of money that you probably aren't thinking about because it's just automatically coming out of your paycheck. So doing whatever you can to start paying those down is going to be super helpful. Now, similarly, another thing that I did was I went through all of my recurring expenses and this is like deep. We live in a recurring expenses society. I think it's a really smart way for companies to make money and we forget about it. Like that's why it works. We just forget about it. So every Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Spotify, everything. I mean, those are just the little things. I mean, I had grocery service, grocery delivery service, like lots of random things, uh, tools, you know, tools for like this podcast, for example, I used a few different ones. At one point I had a membership to Zencaster, Squadcast and Zoom. Why would I need all three? Canva, PicMonkey. I mean, I can go on and on and on. So I went through both personal and business expenses that were recurring and I would either cancel them if I wasn't using them. And my rule was kind of if I hadn't used it within the past 30 to 60 days, if I'm being generous, I got rid of it. 
thing is you can always re-sign up for those things. I mean, it, it takes like two seconds to sign up for things and get people to take your money nowadays. So it's not like you're losing something forever. So I would cancel those. For the things that I needed, that I absolutely needed, more like utility type stuff. So for example, my phone bill. I looked at my phone bill. Let me just be honest with you guys. I don't use my phone. I use it a little bit more nowadays in my business, but back then when I was side hustling, I did not use my phone at all. Like only to text message and to use the internet, which usually I was on Wi-Fi. And my phone bill was like $180 or something ridiculous. And I was like, no, we will not have this. We are not going to have this. And so I called them, you know, this is rule number one. And I think this is something actually Melody in the last episode talked about doing with student loan payments and and loans and things like that is just calling them to see if they can refinance or, you know, help you out in some way. I'm not the expert on that. Talk to her about that, but it's a similar concept. I called my phone company and I, I think I actually chatted in and I said, you guys, I can't pay $180 for this phone. We need to do whatever we can to lower this or I'm going to go to a different service. And we ended up lowering it. I think now my phone bill is around $80, maybe 90. So I basically cut it in half. Now, one reason that happened was because I was nearing the end of that whole iPhone lease thing. I hate that, by the way. You have to basically finance your iPhones now. It's really annoying, at least with Verizon you do. So that was about to fall off anyway. So that took off like $30 or $40, but the rest, they found data that I was not using. They cut me down to a middle data package. I live very close to an international border, close to Canada. So I had uh, some Canadian coverage and things, you know, they, they removed all the stuff that I didn't need, plain and simple. And when I go to Canada, I can pay the $5 a day or whatever it costs to get coverage over there. So that's going to save me a lot more money rather than paying every month or whatever it was. Similarly, checking your policies. Now, I'm not an insurance expert so or healthcare expert or anything like that, but I checked my my medical was going to be changing because I was going to be leaving my full-time job. So that is a little bit different, but I guess if you are independently insured, you pay for it yourself, check that. There might be things on there that you really don't need. My dental insurance was that way. It was way too expensive. And really the only time I go to the dentist is twice, uh, I almost said twice a week. That would be intense. Twice a year for cleanings and the occasional filling or something like that. So I was able to lower it to a, you know, lower policy as well as my auto insurance. I had the like premium insurance for a $16,000 car. Again, you know, use your best judgment, talk to someone who knows, has good recommendations and stuff. But some of those things you just, when you're working a full-time job and you're making a really good salary, you're like, oh yeah, let's get all the bells and whistles on these things. And then when you're trying to save some money, you, you might realize you don't really need those things. This one was a big one for me is I actually moved and I'm going to be honest, it didn't work out the way that I planned. Our initial plan was to move into a more affordable apartment. We were living right downtown, beautiful view, you know, location was, what do they do? What do the kids do nowadays? Chef's kiss or whatever? I can't do it. I don't know. Anyway, it was perfect. So we were like, let's move a little bit away, you know, to a town over or a different neighborhood or something like that. And hopefully my my goal number one was to get more space so I could have an office and number two let's pay a little bit less we had to pay for parking and you know it was just 
you guys know if you guys live in a city in a downtown area, it's too much. So we looked for a new apartment. We did end up moving. We really didn't end up saving very much money. I think we technically pay a little bit more now, but the one thing that I did get was a lot more space. And I knew that if I stayed in my old apartment, which was a one bedroom, it felt very claustrophobic. I loved that apartment, but it, it felt very small. The ceilings were low and you know I just didn't have space to do what I needed to do. So I knew if we stayed in that apartment, I was also gonna have to pay for rent at an office somewhere or a co-working space or something like that. Moving to this place has allowed me to have a lot of space. It's still not enough. Is it ever gonna be enough? Uh, but I do have a little bit more space to where I feel comfortable to work most days. And if I do need to, you know, get out and go somewhere else, I can just go to a coffee shop or something like that. So that ended up saving us a little bit of money that way. And we also moved into a zip code that affected our car insurance rates and our renter's insurance rates a little bit, very marginally, but it did save us a little bit of money. This one is also very extreme. And we actually got rid of a car. (laughs) So we were a two-car household. If you don't know, I live with uh, my partner, my boyfriend. Uh, We live together. We've lived together for the past three years or something like that. And yeah, we both had a car. And I also live in Detroit, which I think has the highest car insurance in the country, if I'm not mistaken. It's definitely the highest in the state, and it's very, very high. So, you know, paying for two of those, if I told you guys how much I was paying in car insurance, you guys might cry honestly. So it's very, very terrible. So we were like, okay, I'm going to be working from home most days. Why do we really need to? Usually when we go somewhere, we go together or we go with a friend who doesn't mind driving us or, you know, whatever. We love to walk around and stuff. So we really didn't need it. And this was something that I'm not going to lie to you and say that it is the easiest way to save money. But It is really nice, actually, when I think about not paying two car insurance and potentially two car payments if you are financing both cars. We uh, we're not financing both of them. Working for yourself often means being able to have flexible work hours or working from home. So if that's something that you're open to, that might be something that you might want to at least consider. The biggest reason for me or the idea to get rid of one of the cars wasn't even financial. Honestly, it ended up working out that way for sure and saving us a lot of money. But I was just like, we don't need this. <laughs> like we literally never use that car. It was, uh, older. It was a very old car. And so we, it started to get to the point where we were pouring a lot of money into it. We we're having to do like $500 repairs and stuff. And I'm like, dude, this car can't be worth more than $2,000. Why are we pouring so much money into it? And so I knew that donation was a possibility and I started to look into car donation. And so I was like, let's just do this, dude. <laughs> like it's going to help somebody. Somebody's actually going to use it. And It's also a tax write-off for us as well. That's not the reason I did it, obviously, but it was a little bit of a tax write-off. It just, the benefits outweighed the risk. Now, again, if you live in a city, you also know this, we were paying for not only really high car insurance for two cars, but we were also paying for two parking permits for two cars. And so, I mean, parking was like $150, insurance was 300 or something. I don't know, it was 
quite a few hundred dollars. I mean, that's saving us almost $500 alone, almost the value of the car. (laughs) So that was a really good idea for us. Now, I know that this doesn't work for everybody, especially if you have kids or if you do have to be on site somewhere all the time, but it works out really well for us. You know, we actually, Norris lives pretty close by one of his coworkers. So he honestly just carpools a lot, which also makes me feel good because of the whole environmental impact. Why not carpool if you can? You don't need more cars on the road. We don't need to do that. So that works out. And then if there is a day when he does need to drive the car, then I just make sure that I'm working from home that day or I'll have him drop me off at the coffee shop I'm going to work from that day or at an, you know, at a client site or wherever I need to be that day. But typically we don't run into that issue at all. Typically it's totally fine for him to do his thing. I can do my thing and it just works out for us. Another one that was kind of a big lifestyle shift for me was stopping eating out. I love to eat out. I love food in general. I am a huge foodie and I don't drink either. So like my form of entertainment is going out to eat. And you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, let's meet up for a drink or let's go to a bar or to a club. And I don't really do that. So my form of entertainment and socializing is going out for food. So this was a big adjustment for me. And I'm going to be honest, it is pretty hard to do when you're still full-time. Our society, or at least where I live, I feel, doesn't make it easy to do all of the things that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to cook a healthy meal every day and clean our house and, you know, take care of kids and run a business and go to work and have time for our relationship. There's not enough hours in the day for all that stuff. And I think, you know, it is a lot easier to just call something in, Uber eat something, pick something up, or go out and kill two birds with one stone of socializing and eating at the same time. So I didn't really do a very good job of cooking for myself while I was weaning off of my nine to five, but it was something that was instant when I started freelancing full-time because honestly, I wanted to. It was crazy. I used to hate cooking because I was like, oh, it takes so much time and even just grocery shopping and coming up with ideas. And then you got to clean up after, oops, (laughs) just smacked my microphone. Then you got to clean up after. And it is a lot. Like when you have to wake up at 6 a.m., you don't want to be cleaning dishes until 9 p.m. I get it. But when I started freelancing full-time, I had the time and I was, obviously I was working hard still, but it's a nice distraction sometimes to just walk over to the kitchen and spend a half hour, 45 minutes or an hour preparing food. I also found that it was easier to meal prep and plan meals. I could do all this stuff on Monday morning or Monday at lunchtime. I could get a whole week's worth of food kind of created or at least a nice detailed grocery list created. So this was just something that came pretty naturally. And yeah, I mean, I I now welcome it. I really like cooking during the day. It's just something that I kind of find to be fun, which I never thought I would say ever. But when you're so busy and so stressed out, of course, it's not fun. It's work. But when you're kind of enjoying that time and looking at it as sort of a fun part of your day, you'll start to do it more. And it definitely does save money. But my thing too, was that it only saves money to cook if you're really going to eat the food. And I hate food waste, the concept of food waste anyway. Uh, But unfortunately, I did it a lot because I would when I was working nine to five. So 
I would buy all these groceries, buy all this produce, fresh produce, and then I would be so tired after work and too tired to cook it. And then the produce would go bad. So then I ended up wasting money. So it really only does save you money if you're actually going to eat it. So that was for me another challenge about, you know, working full time, uh, not to be like, oh, so whiny about <laughs> eating food, but it, it, it is hard. I think it's hard, especially for two people, like being single, um, people just, just two of us, I think it was really hard to eat up all the food and have it not go bad. So anyway, similarly, I would stop centering my relationships, my friendships around food or going out or doing things. I started to spend a lot more time at my house. And this is another thing about the whole apartment thing is, yes, we still, or or no, we didn't really save a ton of money on moving. We wanted a place that we really felt comfortable in, that I had space to do my work in, that I would feel comfortable working from home in, that Norris would feel comfortable working from home in sometimes, and that we would feel comfortable bringing guests into. I invite my friends over all the time now and we're work together. We had friends over for New Year's. Like you starting to do those things that doesn't require, hey, let's go out to dinner. Let's go out to coffee. Let's go out for drinks. Let's go to an art gallery. Like all of those things cost money. And of course, I I don't want it to sound like I don't do things for fun or like I don't spend money on myself or on my friends. I do. Absolutely. Uh, But I don't think you have to like I have just as much if not more fun hanging out on my couch with my friends or you know New Year's New Year's was so fun it was one of the most fun New Year's Eve's that I've ever had and we didn't go anywhere we just hung out and played games here so it doesn't mean you don't have to have fun or that you can't socialize it's just start to think of ways that you know you don't have to center them around food or going out or spending money and they can also be free things around the community too there's so many things at least here there are to do that i just i don't know sometimes i forget about like our art institute which is a beautiful art museum is free for people who live in certain counties and so i'll take advantage of that sometimes so i'll just go there during the day too and that's one of the things that i love about freelancing is i can go to an art museum on my lunch break if i want to and just walk around and get some inspiration so there's so many free things that you can do by yourself or with friends I also changed my shopping habits a little bit. Now, I have not been a big shopper for many years. I used to work in retail for several years while I was in high school and college, and so I loved to shop then. But I really, honestly, I'm pretty lucky, and I don't I don't have any advice for that. I talked about this in, in one of those episodes, a couple episodes back, about I just don't like care for, you know, de- designer things, expensive things. I like nice things, of course. I'm a human, but I don't like feel the need to keep up with the Joneses or anything like that. So I don't really have any advice for why I am that way. I don't know. I just don't really care that much personally, but I did kind of change my wardrobe habits and some of the things actually ended up costing more money in the moment, but I think have led to better financial habits long term. So I used to be a trend type person, you know, I'm I'm filming YouTube videos, so I need a trendy top to wear, or I'm going to an event, so let me buy something quick and cheap at Forever 21 or wherever it is. And I I still shop at cheap stores sometimes. I still shop at Target and things like that sometimes. There's nothing, you know, wrong with that, whatever. Uh, Actually, Target has some really nice basics, and 
their little a new day collection i love that line but when it does come to like winter coats and boots and things like that i try i've been trying to invest a little more even jeans i still don't buy like 300 400 jeans or anything like that but i'll spend a little bit more than a forever 21 10 pair of jeans that are gonna last me that i'm gonna love for season after season after season they're more of investment pieces and so really i don't have to shop ever I mean, not ever, but you know, all year, if I really don't want to, if I'm buying investment pieces that are going to last, you can also sell things. So I, when I realized I was going to go full time, I started to take an inventory similar to inventory of my services that I was paying for, took an inventory of my equipment, you know, camera equipment, computer equipment, um, clothes, even just all that kind of stuff and figured out what don't I need? Because I also wanted to build a home office that was comfortable, that wasn't cluttered, that I would want to work at. And I would sell stuff that I didn't need anymore. Um, so that one's pretty, pretty straightforward. Back to the wardrobe thing and the shopping thing really quick too. There's a, a few sites. I'm sure you guys probably know of these, but like Depop, Poshmark, those are great places. If you do want something trendy that you can go and purchase something, or, or if you want an investment piece, go to those sites and then rent the runway is really nice too. If I wanted to buy something more expensive for like an event or for, oh, you know, if I was going to a wedding or, you know, I guess that's an event, something like that, a photo shoot, that's a cool website as well, just to check out. So you might not need to buy that $600 bag, you might be able to just rent it. Okay. And then the last tip I have is probably an obvious one, but I started to really bulk up on projects. When I realized I was going to go full time, I said yes a lot. And I talk a lot on this show and, and on my YouTube channel and in my real life about being intentional with your projects and not saying yes to everything. I definitely didn't say yes to everything, but I did say yes to a lot more than I had in the past. And that was simple. I just wanted to save money. I wanted to make a lot of money. You know, saving money is taking in more money than you were putting out. So an easy way to do that is by stopping a lot of those expenses and then increasing your income. So I just made sure that I was available, you know, that all of my marketing was on point, that I was on all of the different freelancing websites. I used Upwork a lot when I was transitioning from my nine to five, just to make sure that I constantly had work coming in and constantly had projects because one, I wanted to save the money, but I also wanted to work on building up my portfolio and my testimonials and things like that to make that experience more seamless. So I wasn't day one as a freelancer, like, all right, I'm ready to work. Let me try to find my first client ever. I, you know, I had been side hustling, but even still, that's very overwhelming. So making that transition, saving as much as you can. I mean, I had a period in my life where I was transitioning out of my nine to five and yeah, I was working all the time. You know, I was working all the time. I don't even know how many hours a week, but it was a lot. And you don't want to do that long term. You don't want to burn out, <laughs> of course. But that was something that was important to me because, like I said, I didn't want to end up day one self employed, no clients, no testimonials, no case studies, nothing, just sitting here, me at my desk, 
scrambling. So that was something else that I did. And it really did help me save a lot of money and just gave me more cushion and made me feel more confident and secure about my decision. So those are some of the things that I do to live on less. I hope that this was interesting or helpful for you and got you thinking about some of the things that you can maybe eliminate from your budget or add to your income source. So yeah, if you did enjoy this episode, of course, like I said, be sure to leave me a review on iTunes. It helps people discover the show and helps me out a lot. And also don't forget to check out QuickBooks Self-Employed. I'm going to leave the link down in the show notes and in the description box of the video. You can get 50% off your membership and it also gives me a little reward as well, which helps support the show. So thank you again for listening and for watching to my friends on YouTube. And I will talk to you in the next episode of the Freelance Friday podcast.